This copyrighted podcast of the James Perspective has been paid for and funded by James M. Wilkerson. Any rebroadcast, reproduction, or other use of this podcast are a permutation and combination of words and sentences used in this podcast without the express written consent of James M. Wilkerson and the James Perspective is strictly prohibited. Good morning, guys. How are we doing? Good morning. Morning. We're doing great today. <laughs> we got Sarah. Sarah had to drive in all the way from Jonesboro, a long distance drive this morning. Yes. <laughs> you know, it was actually kind of pleasant. I didn't mind it. You know, like back whenever I lived in New Orleans, I had a long uh, drive to get to work. And it was always really pleasant. So, um, oh, good. yeah, you listen to music, you know, yell at other drivers. It's just a nice little way to wake up in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> And Charlotte had her, she had, we, we opened up a brand new box of PJ's, uh, was it French? French roast. French roast. We opened it a up. Very good blend. And uh, yes. she has been in a good mood, never, mood ever since then. Well, that's what happens. Yes, yes. If you want to be in a good mood, start your day with some PJ's coffee, especially from Hot. Oh. Which hers is from? Mine is from Houghton. Okay, so you play the Beatles song backwards and it says, Paul is dead man missing, missing. Yes. That is it. That was actually a very good recreation of it too. So, um, I guess I guess she brought up the topic. <laughs> yeah, and that was that was it. Way to go, James. Paul's dead man. Miss him, miss him, miss him. Um, so on February, I don't know what day it was. So just don't. February. It's no. Well, February. It was in February, February huh. nineteen sixty-seven. Um, the world changed forever when it was revealed that. Paul McCartney was not dead, but by putting that out there, basically they were saying Paul McCartney was dead. It was just bringing... Um, Should we outline the theory? No. Okay. No, we were, we were finding out for the first time that we should be concerned about the situation that Paul McCartney died in a car accident. Really? Yes. So it came out in the Beatles, the Beatles monthly book. And uh, a little section of it said false rumor, and it was a really weird snippet of a, an alleged rumor that um, Paul McCartney died. And so that was the first time I think that uh, attention was brought to this being an issue. And um, anyway, I guess uh, yeah. So that's what that's what that's what today is about: is what happened to Paul McCartney in 1966. And why did the Beatles cover it up? Okay. Yes. I um. I can November ninth, nineteen sixty six. Sorry. I know. No, I just got to figure out why yours are so loud today. You're three, right? I am three. All right. Excellent. So yeah. Um. I'm not the walrus. I'm number three. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah. So I guess we can start and <clears throat> start with what what we're pretty sure happened. Like almost certain. In 1966, um, what was it? It was, it was November 9th. I thought it was November, November 9th, yeah. Okay. November 9th, 1966, um, Paul McCartney was recording with the other Beatles. And um, if you don't know the Beatles, they're a popular band that came from, um, from Liverpool. Uh, their first album was released in 1963, and it shook the world. 
And so, um, and, and unfortunately the end of the band is kind of tarnished with the, um, the invasion. I would call it an invasion. Um, and, or the um, cancer as some people might put it. That's a good way of putting it. Yeah. Um, but really what we don't know is that there were problems well before then and that, um, that, that very sad night in 1966, Paul McCartney took off, um, in a rage and died in a car accident. Um, some people say he was decapitated. I think they're just being crazy. (laughs) I think it was just a normal, um, just a normal old wreck. Yeah. A normal wreck. If there was a wreck. If there wasn't a wreck, then fairies were involved. We can get into that later. But um, those are the two options. Well, I understand that the guy that George, whatever his name is, that was original produced him. What mm-hmm. was his name? It, um, I don't know. I remember his name was George something. Yeah. He was a fairy. A fairy? Um, no, he's saying that he... he is that a reference to uh, sexual lifestyle? Yes, yes. He enjoyed the company of men. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but, but um, at least according to the movie I saw. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, so he dies. And then I guess the reason what we're trying to figure out now is why they covered it up and like um, and why it was revealed to us in certain ways. OK. Yes. So um, do you all know anything about this? I'm assuming that you do. Like as far as, OK, whenever you're growing up, did you hear rumors? That's what I'm asking. Oh, absolutely. No, the rumor, rumor was he was dead. Yeah. Yes. Do you know why? I don't remember why. I do remember, though, that the Beatles were supposedly sending out signals, too, that he was dead. Okay. In other words, the reason that the music starting to suck is because he's dead and his solo. The music got better because the imposter wrote, hey, Jude and Blackbird. Well, they, like, they obviously, they, um, they had to replace him with somebody who was, who knew what they were doing. Um, okay. Yeah, they got somebody very talented, presumably somebody who should have been the fourth one. But yeah, I was. Place. Yeah, I was just trying to feel out like how what y'all's thoughts were on it at the time. Oh, and my my thoughts were at the time in '66. Mm-hmm. I was in the first grade. Yeah. Now, but let me say this: it was a big enough rumor that I heard it. Yeah. My sister was in junior high. She was talking about it. Okay. And and so I say junior high, late late elementary maybe, mm-hmm. but I'd heard about it. So we, I'd heard about it, and then the big thing was if you they, if you played back that song, um, was it, which song was it that he? Well, there are actually multiple songs. Multiple. Yeah. Um. So you've got Strawberry Fields. Um. Yeah. Name wait. them, and I'll tell you which one. I'm. Okay, just one second. Um. There's quite a few, so it's going to take her a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. There's there's. <clears throat> Um, so, but wait, so yeah, they, they use a lot of songs for a lot of things. The Strawberry Fields, Revolution 9, where, um, yeah, he says number nine, and then I'm So Tired. Um, those are the main ones. That's the one. Uh, yeah. At the end of I'm So Tired, yes. it says something you can't understand, but if you play it backwards, it's clear. It says, Paul McCart- Paul is dead, man, dig him. God, <laughs> Paul is dead, man. Miss him. Miss him. Now, my dad said, who plays records backwards? A lot of people. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> a lot of people. Well, the Beatles were the first to use backwards uh, sounds mm-hmm. in their albums to make it sound like a certain thing. They pioneered that whole issue. Yeah. 
So, um, Strawberry Fields Forever, that one was really creepy. Um, so, Strawberry Fields uh, is the one that was really creepy because um, it was the the final words um, where Paul Lennon says something and whenever you play it backwards, it turns into I Buried Paul. Um, but then they tried to re-record the song later and make it sound like Cranberry Sauce instead. <laughs> but um, whenever you actually listen to it, it's like that. That definitely seems like it says I Buried Paul. Um, and then Revolution number uh, nine, you have, uh, again, Lennon saying number nine, number nine. And it sounds like it says, turn me on, dead man, turn me on, dead man. And... There's so much crap in that one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but uh, it's very, I don't know, again, it's, it's it's how clear it is whenever he says those things. But yeah, so it's it's a symbolism that led to all of this, and, um, and people ran wild. In late September 1969, the Beatles released the album Abbey Road as they were in the process of disbanding. Okay, it starts before that, so it starts with Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band, where um everything in the album like cover and art screamed that paul mccartney like something weird was going on with paul mccartney and it really looked like some kind of um excited funeral like um procession it looked like it like if you look at the cover you could uh construe it as a funeral gosh yes and paul mccartney was dressed slightly different and hands were over his head often in the, in, you know, because that album had a basically a magazine in it that had all sorts of uh, different things. You also can look at the where, uh, not Paul McCartney, but uh, John Lennon was pointing to a portion of the liner notes, which liner notes basically. Uh, that was one of the first albums that ever had um, the music lyrics in it uh, put in. That became a thing after that particular album. And well, the inner album cover, you had yes. Mm-hmm. And on one of them, he's pointing to Dead Man. Uh, Wait, no, you, no, no. It says something else. No, it something. says okay. So um, uh, the, uh, let's start with the front of the album. What you've got is you have Paul McCartney standing in a weird way where his arms are kind of crossed over his body, holding a an instrument. Um, the other Beatles are surrounding him and kind of facing more inwardly towards him. And they all have um, brass instruments, while Paul is the only one with a black instrument in his hand. Um so that was the first, it was kind of like a weird looking pose and he did look uh, very different from them. Like they're all wearing warm colors and he's wearing a cool color. Um, like they're in like orange and, and pink and yellow and he's wearing a, a very uh, obvious blue. So um, that's one of them like in the front. Then you look at um, where they're standing in front of that. There's a large um like flower arrangement floral arrangement where uh it says the beetles in flowers but underneath the beetles is a left-handed guitar which is what Paul McCartney played um and if you look at where the strings would be on the guitar there's only three strings there aren't four 
Um, so it's like a flyover. What? Uh, in the military, when they when a pilot dies, they have a, a formation, and it's clear one plane is missing. There's four strings there. One of the strings. Is missing. Yes. Um. Anyway, some people try to say that the guitar looks like uh, it says Paul question mark. Like if you read the flowers in the guitar, um, they're like that's that's how they're arranged. Um, that one seems a little bit out there, but it definitely, um, looks like a left-handed guitar, a guitar. So you have that. And then whenever you look at the back of the album, that's what Bloom was talking about earlier with the lyrics on it. All of the Beatles are facing forward, except for John, where I'm sorry, not John, um, Paul, where he's turned around. So all you see is the back of his head. And then you've got, who was that? That was not even, that's not even Lennon that was pointing that looks like uh George, George. yeah that was George that, that was, was pointing okay. to the lyrics Wednesday morning at five o'clock so which is when the he theory, supposedly yeah yeah according to the theory he left the studio November 9th and November 9th of 1966 was a Wednesday so that's when they were saying that he was leaving and so somebody it seemed was indicating that Paul was dead for some reason on this album part. And then, yeah, again, what, what Glenn was mentioning earlier is that you have hands over Paul's head, which some people believe has to do with death, like a sign of death. But another interesting thing that people did is that I think it was Ringo's drum kit in the front says Sergeant Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club band. Lonely Hearts, it is different from everything else. The, the font is and so if you put a mirror up to it I yeah does is it a normal one what you see is some weird symbols that people have seen as november 19th like the first few symbols or i'm sorry november 9th is the day that he died and then it looks like he says he die after and there's a little diamond in between he die and it faces up, Sergeant, like the the, the um, drum. drum. The drum itself. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. You put a mirror put right a mirror in between up, the flat mirror up to it, and it does this. In but like if you put it directly in between like the lonely hearts, you're looking up where at the top of the letters, and the arrow points directly at Paul. Yes. So that's where it's that's where people kind of started with this symbolism thing. Is these are all the indications that he's dead. And again, there's other parts of the album that um, that are strange. I'm going to ask an obvious question. Yeah. So are all the people in the background dead? I actually don't. They're cutouts. Yeah. So I'm just where they dead at the time? I don't, I don't know. know. That hasn't, I, I didn't see any of that. Yeah, that wasn't something that I saw as like an indicator, although that doll was apparently really weird. I there's a, that's weird. Yeah, the doll. Apparently, some people were saying that she was like holding a toy car or something like that, which is apparently how he died. And and there was just a lot of symbolism with the, that really weird thing. So people have tried to debunk this album by saying that there were several different poses taken of the bandmates before the final one was chosen. But it was interesting because whenever you scroll through them, they're still weird. As far as Paul goes, so one of them that I'm looking, the person I'm looking at, you've got George, George, Ringo, and Lennon all on one side, 
of the drum and then Paul standing by himself on another side. And then um, there's another one where George, George Lennon and Ringo are standing up and Paul sitting down and looking, looking backwards. Another one again, where they're standing up and he's like on his knee on the ground, Paul is, and Lennon's looking down at them. And then there's another weird one where everybody else is sitting, but George is standing up and looking down. So it kind of looks like he's in heaven looking down on the other bandmates. And it's kind of weird because in that one specifically, Ringo looks like he's, he looks like he's kind of playing an instrument, but he looks really, I don't know, sad. So yeah, all of them were really like strange to me. And according to the truth that that was basically their goodbye album. And then later on, you have like weird things going on with albums. But what I was confused about is like the why, like why, why would they either have Paul killed or cover up his death? And I think I understand why they might cover his up, cover up his death. If they're making so much money, but some people think they had him killed. And so the, the most prevalent part of this theory that I found was that it was what you said. They were just about to go stratospheric and that there was a incredible amount of pressure. They just had a contest for a Paul McCartney lookalike that Billy Shearer won. And the, the presumption was they put Billy Shearer, taught him how to do a passable job they also, at that time, had just stopped touring. So that's how they pulled this off, according to the conspiracy. I thought Billy Shears was Ringo. No, Billy Shears was not Ringo. But this, you can, in some of the albums, I think it's the White Album, maybe, if you play it backwards, you hear Billy Shears is, is Paul. Something like that. And now, also, you have on... Paul's jacket, it has an OPD sticker, which is... That's on the the Sergeant Pepper. Yeah, on Sergeant Pepper, when he's in his uniform, he has OPD, which says in in England, that's pronounced dead, uh, you know... Officially pronounced dead. Officially pronounced dead, which is the same as DOA in this country. All right, well, I'm confused on the Billy Shears thing. In the beginning of the Sergeant Pepper Floater Park band, they have this introduction. Yes. And he goes, I'd like to introduce to you the one and only Billy Shears. And then Ringo sings. What do you think if I sang Yadison? Okay. And that's Billy. That's attributed, like you thought, Ringo was Billy Shears in the Lonely Hearts Club band. But Billy Shears was actually somewhat of a a real person uh, around the time of 1966 that had won a supposedly won a lookalike contest that they never released the winner of the right after this November. It was supposed to come out. It's supposed to, you know, be a big fanfare. He looks like him. You put them both together, yet they never appeared together. So his name was, I think he went by Billy Shears and he was a musician. Okay. Now, do we need to go back to the car accident? What, What evidence do we have that was a car accident? His, he did, his, his vehicle wasn't an accident around that time. And he also was apparently in a moped accident. So there were weird issues with accidents. Now, people who don't believe this say that 
Like, for instance, all of a sudden, Paul pops up with a scar on his lip. And it's like, Paul didn't have that scar. Where did that come from? And so people who don't believe the conspiracy say that he was in a moped accident and then he got a scar on his lip and a chipped tooth from that. that he lost a tooth. And he, and he did have this accident and he did have some surgery for it. That's what the non-believers say. The believers, the people that know the truth, we, we know that the only problem that Billy Shears had was that he came with a scar. And so it was, it, no, but it was during the introduction of the Sergeant Pepper's Lonely Hearts Pup Band that, why can't I say band? I always say bland that all of a sudden he's with a mustache. Like, why does he have a mustache? So that was that was kind of weird. But now I don't really think there's a lot more with the accident because they didn't want people to know. So what happens is the accident occurs. The bandmates find out very quickly and they go into seclusion and meditation for a couple of days, come out. And John is the one that says we need a lookalike. So he was the one that was not willing to give up their their position as a, the most beloved band. Almost, like I would say almost ever. Yeah. I was shocked at when I was researching all this, like I was looking up the history of the Beatles and that was what I was planning to get into at first, but I forgot that's what we were going to do because we were messing around with mics. It is insane how much they changed music because I didn't know it was just basically not Elvis impersonators, but people who were trying to continue singing in that, I guess, that more like romantic, I know that like, like style in certain ways or the more like clean, I don't know, old style of like Frank Sinatra and stuff like that is what kind of a pop rock is what they were known for. And then they started going down different paths. Yeah, but no, but it was like a media that they were, they were different there. I mean, like, Yeah. yeah, it was, uh, like automatically a different sound. And it is interesting because a lot of those artists who came out like later on the Rolling Stones too, they came out later and became very big, like huge, but they would listen to a lot of blues and stuff. So it was a very different sound from like the, oh, yeah, it was completely different. you can't, when you hear, I think I'm, I'm getting this. I mean, mm-hmm. when you hear let it be or Hey Jude or, or they're, they're completely different than that yesterday and that type of thing they were singing early i want to hold your hand mm-hmm. sergeant pepper was, was a weird album yeah that was weird but um, a lot of good stuff on it mm-hmm. yeah but but the the change at the end i just thought came with going from dionysian to apollonian <laughs> that's what i thought you know get we get young in life you're full of them and later you want to you want to you know Party, have a good time, and, and then you're faced with your bandmate's death. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm listen. I'm just gonna say this. I don't. I can't explain. Some of their best stuff was definitely written after Sergeant Pepper. Okay, there's no question. But when Paul McCartney went on his own, it was like he lost it. Yeah, we're gonna be totally honest. He didn't put out anything. Well, none of them could. Well, he did do some popular stuff and Wings. Yeah. I mean, stuff he, like that, but it he, wasn't this. Uh, he played the theme song for. He he wrote the theme song for one of the uh, "Live and Let Die." Yeah, <laughs> and you know he did a lot of popular stuff with Wings, but yeah, I, I get you, James. It wasn't this groundbreaking stuff, but you know you could explain that two ways. One, he was he was replaced. Two, 
You could explain that by sometimes you hit one thing with a group of people that is like a perfect thing. And even John Lennon was considered super, you know, cutting edge, but Yoko always came in screaming. Mm -hmm. So while she screamed like some kind of dead animal, it really kind of ruined everything John Lennon did after that. So you could you could say that, but you know, of course, he still till the very end had his uh, his but he insisted Yoko be part of everything is part of the reason the band broke up too. You know, which if you watch Spinal Tap, you'll you'll see a parody and all that. <laughs> it's funny as heck, by the way. <laughs> so uh, this is Spinal Tap. The although I'm not a big fan of Rob Reiner, he did a great doc doc comedy documentary about a rock band called This Is Spinal Tap and all their misadventures. One of the things was a guy got a girlfriend and she was painting them all in different colors and stuff and they all hated it. And it was kind of like breaking up the band. Anyway, <laughs> and it was funny. Okay. A movie reference, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. Go figure. Did come for me. <laughs> oh, that's great. Add it to our list. So, yeah, from what I like, okay, like what I got from the Beatles, which I, I don't think this is anything crazy, is that before their time, if you were a kid, you grew up pretty quick, like you were following in your parents' footsteps. Like the children would, like the, the daughters, like at a certain age, they would start cleaning the house and doing what the mom did. The son would get to work earlier than what we do with children now. And so with the Beatles came this freedom that wasn't present before, I guess, before that time where they, it, was, it was teenagers. They're starting to make, like, they, they make their own money. They want to do their own thing and spend their time the way they want instead of immediately growing up. And so that's where you get this just in, these insane teenage girls who are getting to fall for these very intelligent clean looking guys i mean like obviously paul was the cutest like there's no doubt about it yeah i would i would think that, i don't have a judgment on that i would think that <laughs> i would think later on like um john was not bad looking and george wasn't bad looking poor ringo interesting i, I think i've just seen too many interviews with george where he just kind of seems like a goofball but they tried to be silly at first yeah and that was something new too as far as um, how they interacted with the media, because before that it was a lot more professional and they were like, we're going to goof around. Yeah. Um, they had, you know, haircuts that weren't normal at the time. Believe it or not, you know, if you look at the kind of bowl cut they had, that was considered cutting edge radical. Mm -hmm. Yeah. If you had crew cuts running around that time. Also, I think it was a big MK Ultra, Ultra PSYOP because you had all these women that were just going nuts every time they saw them. I mean, they were just passing out and everything. I think it was a big mass hysteria PSYOP. And that was why there are also some uh, thoughts that M MK5 you know, M5 actually helped perpetrate this hoax because they were afraid there'd be mass hysteria worldwide and that they, we would have people killing themselves. And so too. Well, they were also worried about the economy. Yeah. Like as far as how much. How much the revenue that this 
this band was generating for the English economy. That's how big they were. They were turning the economy at the time that they didn't want that to stop either because Beatles were kind of the really the first band that just went international and just, you know, of course, they all lived in England. So there's a lot of taxes for that. That this is the theory and that M5 did not want that to stop. And they did not want, they say, well, really, we don't want all these girls to kill themselves. Because it did look at the time you had girls passing out and screaming and just going nuts. And that hadn't happened except with Elvis. And, you know, Elvis was controversial at the time. So you've got all that going on. They're thinking, this is going to just kill all our young ladies. We need to do something. That's the theory. You know, you know what my, you asked me what I thought about it as I grew up and became more and more aware of the controversy or the, the conspiracy. I thought that it was publicity stunt. That is also what many people have believed. It, the one thing that kind of boosted this whole signal, Sarah talked about when it actually happened. That's correct. That's when it actually started. But there was some caller who called into a huge radio show. And for those of you who don't know, think about Joe Rogan getting a call randomly. That's what it would be like. Or the James Or the James Perspective. If we got a call in and said, who is this? And this mysterious person came on over the phone and said, uh, you know, Paul's dead. They replaced him and did this whole thing. Like an hour-long show. Yeah. And the guy's going, this is crazy. This is great. But then it just started getting viral. It's kind of the first kind of, not the only viral thing, but one of those first viral things before we had internet and stuff. And everybody was talking about it because the Beasles were so well-known and loved. You know, it's, it is interesting. Uh, you know, I, so so... Does it have a list? If you look at the list of albums in the order, the chronological I have it. So you start with um, Please Please Me, and then from there, just one second, um, you go to With the Beatles, Hard Day's Night, Beatles for Sale, Help, Rubber Soul, Revolver. And so that's all from 1963 to 1966, like all of those albums. And that's so that's three years with six albums and it is insane how much music came from those like all of those albums it wasn't like there's i feel like rubber soul was weird to me oh but i don't was it the, oh, wait, but no, it was probably later on huh? no i don't know pretty soon i don't yeah. remember i i want to say the white album but i don't think so oh no the white album mm. was 1960 yeah let's see um i'm trying to look at the ones that yeah. Oh, wait, I actually have a Beatles playlist. And, um, that beat was 72. I give you an idea for last. Yeah. Um, I remember being so tired of hearing Hey Jude on the radio, I almost killed myself once. But anyway, <laughs> uh, no, it, it was. I didn't, I didn't really. Like I was, I was delivering furniture. I had a radio and all they played every fourth song was Hey Jude. Hey Jude. <laughs> I really didn't like Beatles for Sale. I thought I thought that a lot of that music was weird on there. Um, but I don't know. You know, I've got all of them on MP3 in order. You know, in the order they're on the album and everything. Yeah. And it was really kind of hard to do because they had English releases that were different than the American releases. 
Yeah. And so uh, it was a little strange. But uh, the reason I'm asking is, um, like you were saying, I'm not sure both of you kind of hit on this. Their music changed drastically. Mm-hmm. And, there, and there are explanations for it. It changed drastically. But you think about, like, what is it, Revolver? You start getting Yellow Submarine. That's 1966. That song is weird. Like, a little bit weird. It's oh, just no, kinda, no, it's, it's like it's, it's definitely out there. And I feel like before that, you know, you, know, you did get stuff like Norwegian Wood, and there was the other one, but people were like, oh, it's about, like, like a lesbian, and or um, there's, like, one about a prostitute around that same album. Well, without a doubt, let's just do this one. Without a doubt, Abby Rhodes' their best. Mm-hmm. That thing was good from beginning to end. See, and that's the problem is because that also, that album also shows the death of Paul McCartney. Does it really? Absolutely. Because when he's walking across, Paul has barefoot. He's the only one in black suit. No. Ringo's wearing a black suit. No, 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 not Ringo. Um, yeah, Ringo. Ringo's. So, so the way. Yeah, no, no, no. Paul's not in white. John's in white. Man, Sorry. I'm screwing it okay, up, baby. So wait, Sorry, I got I'm you, glad I got you guys you. are here. It's a professional <laughs> where you've got okay. John wearing yeah, white that. and he's leading the group. He's a symbol of heaven or whatever's on the other side. Then you've got Ringo wearing black and he's seen as the either like a pallbearer or yeah, an officiator. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Or some kind of officiator of a That's funeral right. possession. Then you've got Paul, who's cigarette walking hand. barefoot with a cigarette in his right hand. Paul is left. He's left-handed. And he's after, yeah, out of step with the others. He's left-handed. So, yeah, that's weird that he had and a cigarette in the, the right hand. And then you've got George, who's wearing just a jean suit for whatever reason. He looks very, very casual compared to the rest of them. And so he's seen as the grave digger. So he follows... And body. in some cultures, they bury their dead barefoot. Mm-hmm. And again, people try to say, oh, they took different t- different pictures. I think it was six pictures of this album cover, right? If you look at any of the other ones, because it's just like, oh, it was just like randomly chosen. Like it was just the best looking one. But it didn't even look like they were trying in the other ones. Like it was just kind of like they were all walking. It wasn't even close. To, like, this one definitely looks staged. It was staged, yeah. Yeah, but the others did not look staged at all. It was looked like they, they, didn't, they weren't even trying. It was just like, we need to have and some the, extra uh, pictures just to say that that wasn't intentional. All right, remind me. The real Paul was left-handed. Yes, yeah. that's why I was trying to bring up the cigarette. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then the fake one is right-handed. Yes. He shows signs of being right-handed. You would have, like, um, they did. They weren't live for a few years. They, they stopped doing that. And that was during the uh, fall, not fake, fake fall, but it's fall. Okay. That's it. And so His training. People have forgotten that Paul was left-handed and mm-hmm. comes up and it's like. Do you know? Do you know how disappointed I would be if I found out this were true? Yeah. No, I mean, so that's why they keep it secret, and only leave you clues for us enlightened people. I don't. You know, it might even surprise some people listening to this podcast how much of a Beatles fan I was slash am. Um, and I can, I can probably, Charlotte's heard it in me in the bathtub, but it can't go that long, but I can probably sing that song from beginning. I probably could make, I probably. Sorry, I was laughing, ladies and gentlemen. That image was not one thing I needed, but anyways. But I probably could sing songs from beginning to end and in the order they're in. Yep. I mean, that's how much I like that album. 
It's it's that good. And Paul McCartney is wonderful in that album. Mm -hmm. Who? All right. So Billy Shears is wonderful. Yeah. 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 <laughs> they, they found a very. Good they really hit it out of the park that time, James. To find Wilkerson back. So one of our uh, early dates, James put on the White Album, and we listened to the whole White Album. I said she couldn't date me without it. Sorry about that. But, you know, I, so I apologize to everybody. Apparently, I threw us all off because I was supposed to podcast today, but literally forgot. That was The first I figured it out was when Sarah said you're supposed to produce, talk about something. Well, I had not read that book or anything. I've been busy this week. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So, the people listen to this. You know, if you get through this podcast. Oh, my God. You are just born again hard. I'm telling you. Something's mentally wrong with you. Let, let me say this, though. Even though it might not be that good for the listeners, I've enjoyed it because you're putting some puzzle pieces of the puzzle together. I've never. All right. So, so to go back on this, I, 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 whoever it is that, it, that played Paul McCartney, whether it was him or Billy Shears or somebody else, that was a talented person. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah, arguably a musical genius. Yeah, which just doesn't, you know, I, I know. Yesterday being, I'm sorry. Yeah, no, no, no. I'll, I'll let you get it. Yesterday that. being the best song he wrote, which is not bad, but it's a little sappy. Um, the It's a good song, Yesterday. I'm not going to say it's not, right? Mm -hmm. But that doesn't compare to just songs that weren't even released as singles on Abbey Road. Okay. That whole freaking album was good. What if this happened? What if they took his writings? He I had, thought of that. Yeah, yeah so they took that his, could be. They took his work and they said, we can, we can get this done later. And so he had enough to wear. Because, I mean, you think they were they were messing around with each other for like years you know this band together mm -hmm. sort of like on on um, on happy not happy Gilmore, uh, water boy <laughs> on water boy remember he stole his playbook mm -hmm. yeah exactly. yeah yeah coach 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 yeah anyway um here's why i would go with that theory a little let it be album it was the last one released that album had some really good stuff on it but some really really Crappy stuff. Mm -hmm. Stuff that did not rise to the level of the Beatles. One after 909. What is that? What's that? That song? That, That's uh, one of those songs. <laughs> oh, there, yeah. It, it was like, it was, it was, it was a lot, a lot like Christian rock repeats itself a lot. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 I mean, so they were, you do have Get Back, which was good. So you've yeah. got, and have you seen that video? Have you seen that? Oh, how pissed off, right? He, every time he would say, Get back. He'd look at um, Yoko Ono. Uh -huh. Get back to where you once belong. Yeah. Yeah. That's what it was about. Name, you know. Name the songs on that one. Um, Two of Us. Mm -hmm. that, right, dig a Pony. Let's we'll talk. All right. So Dig a Pony. I Dig a Pony by Charles Hawtrey on the Death Pains. Phase one in which Doris gets his oats. Dong, ding, dong, dong. And it's a sucky song. I actually think it's kind of a cute song. It's like, you know, kind of stupid sounding. Two it's not my favorite. You do have Across the Universe. Uh, I, me, mine. I, me, me, mine. I, me, me, mine. I, I quoted that one to you the other day. I'm going to say yeah. something controversial. I don't like the long winding road. Oh. Okay. Yeah, I know. Like, everybody loves that song. I, I've I just do. never gotten into it. I, I will say this. I would have changed one of the words. When it, when it says... Uh, Paul is dead. You would have said, Paul is alive. Don't stop saying that about my sweet baby boy. <laughs> Has left a pool of tears. And they say crying for the day. That's too obvious to be pining. I don't. I think that person was pining for that day. Mm. And I, I would have used pining instead of crying. I, I, I tried to contact the Beatles. You did? Yeah. Well, 
Maggie mm-hmm. Mae's on there too. You can too. get a Ouija board to contact Paul. Why do you not like that song? Um, it seems really slow, like just slow, and I feel like I'm not going anywhere with it. Well, you know, which I get guess fits the long and winding road. Hmm? Let's just, I get you, I get you. Um, and your 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 generation definitely has a, um, a, a, a urgency to get through the song. I don't mind long songs though. Yeah, yeah, I don't, hate the White Album where um, they have the nine minute. <laughs> But you think about that. We, you and I, did not grow up fast food. We didn't. They didn't have it. It was just starting. It was yeah. It was becoming huge. McDonald's was becoming mega huge. See, but I like the, the Overture of eighteen twelve, and that's a long twelve minute song. And it, it, you know, I know it's classical music, it's but not. it's still. It's, it's, let's, let's go say that it's not. It's romantic. Okay. Mm-hmm. I mean, and there's a difference. Well, they call it classical, but yeah, it's a romantic. Okay, it's romantic, song. but it's still like there's a lot of slow parts into it, like in it that I really enjoy. That I like. Um, I don't know. Like, it's not a task to get through it, but I don't know. I haven't listened to it in a while now. I do have it on my Beatles playlist. I just saw that. But I mean, like when I think about like the rest of the the Beatles songs, I'm trying to look at what I usually listen to. Oh, well, you know, but going back to that one, uh, um, it is um, a very slow piece. There's no doubt mm-hmm. about that. But there, well, there's a lot of reasons I like it. First of all, there was no doubt my, my favorite Beatles was McCartney. Yeah. Okay. And there's no, there's no question about that. I like John Lennon. And, uh, and, and, and I, I also like, I tell you what, he, did, he wasn't as prolific, but George Harrison. I like George Harrison. George Harrison, I think, was super underrated. Yeah, I like him. As he came, when he came out, I think it was the 80s, with a lot of songs. He kind of rebooted his career. I've got them all. And they were, in my opinion, very, very, very good and very popular, by the way. He was my favorite Beatle for a little while there. Like, I, I listened to them a lot in college, and I loved George. He, he seemed to be okay playing that second role. But, I mean, there was no question that that, that, that was Lennon and McCartney's band. Mm-hmm. Um, but, the, um, but, but going back to that, going back to that, it, when, even in the White House, when they flipped their lid, Okay, literally, <laughs> that album is strange. Okay, yes, and, and there, but there is some absolutely wonderful music on it, but it's mixed in with a bunch of weirdness. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Revolution Nine being one, it's <laughs> eight minutes, and and you know they sing Revolution over again, very very slow. You know the first mm-hmm. time when it, I think it was in Revolver. Uh, I actually like the slow version of Revolution. Yeah, I think I love that. I think it's cool. Yeah, the that yes, I, I, in fact, I do. That's the version that when I think of that that song, that's the one I think of. Mm-hmm. Um, now, but but going back to now, Helter Skelter was weird. That was a weird. Yeah, it was. that was a weird song. It's great, but it's weird. Um, but Paul McCartney also wrote in that album. Um, she was a working girl. North of England's way, mm-hmm. and it's it's a sentimental song about her going to, to California and him losing her, and that's Paul McCartney, man. That's him. He's sappy. He's sappy, and that's why you know he wrote the Long and Winding Road and not Lennon, because he's sappy. That's who he was, and I'm sappy when it comes to people. Who wrote While My Guitar Gently Weeps? That was Harrison. That was Harrison. Okay. I actually like, see, that's, I was thinking about like slower songs. I like that song. And if you're going to get cover, I, they, man, there's some wonderful people play that part. That, mm-hmm. it's, and that song is better than I even knew yeah. when you start hearing Prince play. Yeah. If you, mm-hmm. if you hear other, that's kind of my thing about uh, Harrison is because 
a lot of people redo his stuff later and it, it, you go, wow, I love that. And it's, yeah, it is the artist doing it, but the words are there. Some, he wrote, uh, Harrison wrote something too, right? Something the that is my favorite. That, my that favorite. For, at one time, that was my favorite. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, no, no, it's really funny. He only got one for each side. Yeah, <laughs> they cut him off. They're like, here, here he comes did. the sun. Yeah, here comes yeah. the sun. And see, we can repeat that pretty easily, okay. and it's George Harrison's yeah. <laughs> work. It's kind of you know, uh, it's just one of those things. Uh, there's probably more popular songs of the time, maybe. All right, but not you that you remember. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. It they might have made more money, but they didn't t- stand the test of time like these these songs were singing. Jack Gray and Norman Scott. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, I, they're, they're just, um, again, I can listen to the Beatles all day and not get tired of it. Um, because they are so, they go from everything to that that early. Uh, yeah. I, would, I would say they have, were probably influenced by uh, Buddy Holly. Mm-hmm. You know, their guitar playing was just about identical. Mm-hmm. And it's so Buddy Holly's another one. Take a Buddy Holly song and give them the new guitars and the and the skills they've learned. Oh, and his music is amazing. He was cutting edge. He was. So but anyway. But he was from Lubbock, so everybody thought it's just mm-hmm. a Texas people. But that that album, the uh, the Abbey Road, which I, I still say by far is their best album, mm-hmm. um, was mostly McCartney. Yeah. Now you know that uh oh, Darling. Yeah. I read about that because mm-hmm. I couldn't tell who was singing it. Uh-huh. He went into a bathroom and screamed and hollered until his voice was hurt mm-hmm. before he went in there saying that. Yeah, he didn't voluntarily go scream and holler. They tortured him. <laughs> <laughs> so, so what is your favorite? What is your favorite Beatles song? Something? Um, yeah, I think it's something. I really like. I've just seen a face too. Um, I've just seen a face. I can't forget the time, what place where we just met. That's a good one. Um, no, I, 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 gosh, I just love so many of them, and like, cause they're they're so different. It's it's, it's a really incredible variety. Um, I used to love Strawberry Fields Forever. That used to be my top. Um, love back in the USSR. What what's the, what yeah, album? Back in the USSR. I'm, I'm going blank. I know this. Mm-hmm. What 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 album had? There are places I remember. Yeah, in my life. Uh, let's see. All right, it'll take me a minute, y'all. Sorry. The reason I'm asking that is Charlotte's theory is they stole that from a poem. That's Rubber Soul. What year? Sixty five, sixty six. Um, that is sixty six. I messed that up. I was, no, that wasn't 66, right? I think it was 65. 65. Mm-hmm. All right. Now, that song is written by somebody that's older. Mm-hmm. There's no doubt. So so Charlotte's theory is all along been that they found a poem or something like that and then converted it into a song because they didn't have enough. They weren't old enough to have that wisdom. Yeah, I think that, um, well, they were all really intelligent. Um, yes, I didn't know that about it. So the, the Even Ringo, who plays the dummy. Yeah, yeah. They, Actually, um, if you they study Ringo's drumming at Juilliard, and drummers just shake their head saying, how did he come up with that? Yeah, he wasn't even known as a good drummer. He wasn't. He, until was, until he, until he, uh, he was asked this on Phil Donahue. About the, how how he came up with those things, he goes, "Well, I'm, I never really was a musician and not a very good drummer, but I just thought this would work." Exactly. <laughs> That's funny. Um, and he, and he, I thought he was a good drummer. I mean, I, I think he was legendary just because 
he was so different and changed the sound of drumming. So the Beatles came together um, in an interesting way. I know that um, George, George and Paul did not grow up wealthy. So Liverpool used to be um, an impressive port town until World War II. And then um, there had been some issues there. There, like It had been bombed quite a bit. Um, and so it became a lot poorer. John Lennon had more money, but he was smart. And so they all took some kind of test um, where you, if you pass it, then you get to go to like a better elementary school or something like that. Oh, really? Yes. And so they all took this test. And I don't think they met at this point, but that had boosted their education to the point of them eventually being able to come together through, um, through education. And, um, Paul, uh, uh, John actually identified with this. John, he was very smart, but he didn't care for school, it seems. And so he actually, uh, dropped out of, um, like one of the more like focused on education kind of schools. And he went to an art school and that's where he got picked up by, uh, some kind of, music person they were like that's a weird guy and um and because he whenever you talk about like their looks i mean for now us now we look at that it became popular yeah like it it, it was a classic look to me because i didn't know what existed before the beatles you have a picture of them hanging in your office don't you i do well it was not in my office in my um it used to be my office it's in my house now i have Mm -hmm. uh i have a picture of john and yoko i actually love that picture too because I feel like that at that point, it's just history. Um, it's a cool picture. But um, yeah, they uh, I saw their looks from whenever they first started as normal, not realizing what normal was. But somebody else back in the day was explaining that he saw John and was like, that guy, like, what is he wearing? Um, so anyway, I, I don't know. It was very fascinating how they all came together and how intelligent they were. And that makes sense why they were able to make such incredible music is that they weren't scared of getting out of that norm and messing around with a media who was seen as more like, I guess, more prestigious and respectable at the time or whatever. Um, or at least interviews were a lot more tame. And, um, and I guess their poetry was just amazing. So the reason I was getting into that is because it would make there sense. There it is. Huh. They were poets that put it to a lyric. I mean, to music. Uh, that, that there's no doubt. Mm-hmm. She's got it. That's I mean, it was poems. Yeah. So that's uh. Whenever you talk about in my life, I'm thinking about uh, like just, they, but, but they probably would have enjoyed reading it and getting into. I got like you. That. Yeah. 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 yeah I, okay. I get you. There's nothing wrong with what they did. Mm-hmm. I think you should be able to. You know, in, in that movie Mozart, he talks about I did some variations off of Salieri's music. Mm-hmm. I was I was encouraged. You were you were. It, it was a compliment. And so when he said that, you saw the big smile. Of course, it's an actor, but the big smile on his face. I did some, some variations off of some, piece, some pieces of yours. That's a huge compliment. And the, my favorite scene in that movie was uh, when he was playing one of his new composers. You know, he, compo- he, he posed a, a, a welcome for Mozart, and the yeah. emperor was playing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he, he went, he was playing it from memory. <laughs> yeah. And he said, oh, that doesn't quite work there, does it? Does it? Yeah. Then he changed it, and it was way better. <laughs> Amazing, yeah. This is, this is a solid air. Bum, 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 bum,
bum, bum, bum, bum, bum, bum, bum, bum. That's it, right? Mm-hmm. Mozart goes, that doesn't quite work, right? Bum, 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 bum. Yeah, Yeah, he he added a lot more to it immediately and just (laughs) on the fly without without anything written down. I think like that movie does such a good job of highlighting his genius. Um, like it it simplifies it in a way of like us being able to immediately tell, oh, that guy's different. Um, Yeah, and and I remember when Solidary realized that he didn't. He just wrote it down, whatever it was, just came out of his head. And he wrote no it all changes. down. No changes, no notes, no, no cross outs, nothing. And he's like, what? You know, how does, how you know, does he you do know that? What, did you notice what opera he was composing when, when Salieri looked at it? Mm-mm. It was my favorite one. It was, uh, in fact, that movie made me watch that opera, learn that opera, the uh, Marriage Figaro. Oh. I yeah that that is an, an incredible and that that's an example again. as well as what the Beatles had mm-hmm. in yes. that he had this um, you remember I remember the first scene when he was taught when he was confessing and he says do you remember this it was a very popular today and he played one of his songs and they are no no I don't remember it yeah. when he's confessing and then he said what about this one and it was one of Mozart's and he oh yeah I've heard that that's great that's <laughs> <laughs> but you know, like that's actually it was actually interesting because whenever I was listening, movie. I was listening to comparisons about the Beatles, w- like why they were so different, and I really enjoyed one of the the documentaries I was listening to because it went into some of the artists that came around the same time, and it was like who is this person? And so they played some interviews with them where they were again just very calm and respectful and really didn't say anything outlandish and then they played their music and it was like that could have been elvis for all i know like that was so close to like the same style and then you've got the beatles where they're saying yeah we're writing songs about prostitutes like it's funny it's just like and then they they go along with this whole satanic thing and that's um i know they went along with this death thing for a bit um but they're just like okay if you're going to compare them to mozart You've got this interesting personality with like genius, them writing their own music. And with the Beatles, they're also performing it and like as in they're singing it and everything uh, and playing they those instruments. They put it out at incredible in, Like insane. Like the six and albums were trained, the first three years. They trained uh, in the music scene in, I think, Berlin, was it? They, were, they played in Germany. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I thought, I didn't think it was Germany. I mean, Berlin, I thought it was like Hamburger. Yeah, it was something like that. But it was. I have that too. Man. It was the clubs there. Yeah. And it was like 10,000 hours plus. I've got, I've got all that stuff. Yeah. I collect it all. Yep. There was a time I was a big Beatles fan. She took my picture, but I was okay with it because it was kind of funny for a 64-year-old man to have Beatles in his <laughs> office. <laughs> okay, well. What about the conspiracy? Well, no, no. I want to. I want to ask. I got to ask a uh-huh. question. I want. I want you guys to help me interpret the song "I Will," which is on the uh, the White Album. I've been wanting to talk to somebody about this song for a long, long time. And mm-hmm. today, turns out that this podcast is better about us talking about the Beatles. And so, <laughs> you're going to be able to clean up a lot of stuff from the beginning, Glenn. But it's going to be discussed. Listen, I love the Beatles, and that's it. It's just I'm I'm a, I'm a I'm, I can't say that I'm an expert on them, but know a lot. But in the in that song, I will. It says, mm-hmm. "Who knows how long I've loved you? You know I love you still. Will I wait a lonely lifetime if you don't want me to? I will." And then it then it goes later, and it says, "If I ever saw you, I didn't catch your name, 
Sing it loud so I can hear you. Make it easy to be near you. For the things you do endear you to me. Ah, you know they will. He hadn't met this person yet? Is this somebody he dreams of? Who, 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 what's he talking about? Hmm. Sorry, I'm trying to look up the... Um, I don't have the memory of that song like you do. For if I, if I, yeah, that's weird. For if I ever saw you, I didn't catch your name, but it never really mattered. I will always sound the same. It looks like um, a missed opportunity. Um, and when at last I find you. Yeah, when at last I find you. So, but he, yeah, I want to say that if, if I, if the beginning he goes, if I ever saw you, I didn't catch your name, make it loud so I could hear you, make it easy to be near you. For the things you do endear you to me, you know I will. That wasn't exactly it, but that was close. Um, it's it's when at last I find you, your song will fill the air. Sing it loud so I can hear you, make it easy to be near you. So I think that that's a situation. You know, I'm going to go into a horrible song. Uh, James Blunt wrote You're Beautiful. <laughs> and it's about a missed opportunity where he saw a girl... And um, was drawn to her, but then he realized that it was a situation where it just um, work. too fleeting. No, it was, it was a fleeting moment. Okay, this and is what I would say. Mm -hmm. I could say that about the time before Sean. I believed that there was a girl out there. I believed that with all my heart, that, that I would find that right. And I'm weird. I know mm -hmm. that. I like the Beatles and Mozart. Mm -hmm. You know, there's, I'm weird. I know that. And I, and, and I can and tell you, I can tell you how the Peloponnesian island you know, was formed. I got this weird weirdness in me, right? I know that. I think, I think that first two weren't Not weird, a guy you wanted but the third confront in Trivial Pursuit, weird. ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I, I, the first are, two were not weird. Well, but that's our great, 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 great parent. Yeah. We wouldn't be here if it weren't for those people. That's anyway, true. so, so, um, and our, our civilization, they developed, Greeks developed Western civilization. Anyway, the long short of it doesn't matter. I found this, here, here's one of the very first conversations we had. We were riding around the car and Charlotte asked me if I, I told her I liked Mozart. And she said, well, do you like the 21st Pagana Concerto? I said, no, it sucks. Mm -hmm. and she goes, what are you talking about? And I said, this, this, I don't like that song. I don't like that piece. And she goes, who was playing? And I said, Ferrani and Tyser. She said, gross. Mm -hmm. Now, <laughs> okay. <laughs> Think about that, ladies and gentlemen. I had my woman. That's, that's, that's gosh. Uh, what a what a duo! Like uh, you know, we always ask why you all got together. It just doesn't now we know as far as personalities or anything. Like really, and then you get down to it, and it's uh, you all wanted to go visit a graveyard. Yeah, and um, you, you ironically, my son proposed to his now wife in a graveyard. Really, mom yeah. visited a graveyard. I didn't earlier. propose to her there. Well, my son did. So <laughs> just. Wrap your head around that one, James. But yeah. but um, wait. Okay, so what were you? What was your point about that, though? Well, my point is, is that that I kind of looked at it like I wasn't in a rush, mm -hmm. meaning that I, I I I'm going to bump into this person, but when it happens, I hope that you make it clear so it's not a happenstance and gone. Let's be yourself, so I can know. Do I have this? Is the girl? <gasps> oh. I see it now. Okay, I definitely see it. So for for if I ever saw you, like saying, if I like um, if I've already bumped into you, yes, exactly. Yeah, I didn't catch your name, but I never. Yeah, I always feel the same. So oh yeah, that makes sense. Okay, so I agree. It's a it's somebody who knows that she's out there waiting for him, looking for your soulmate. Mm -hmm. right? 
When was that? When did that come out? That's on the White Album. That's on the White Album. Yeah. When did he meet Linda? He met Linda. Oh, man. Did he write that, I'm assuming? He, oh, that's good. Okay, yeah. yeah. No way that the others could write that. That's, I mean, well, yeah. Because it's Michigan. McCartney, McCartney, the one thing I do love about him is he can make you paint a picture so clearly with so few words, mm-hmm. really. I mean, in other words, we're analyzing this, but it's four stanzas, I guess you call it, or whatever, four uh, series of lyrics. and it, you know, that's not easy to do. And that's oh, yeah. where the genius is. In they, met, they met in 1967 and the White Album came out in 1968. So um, maybe he was just publishing it because it was like, I finally did find her. I don't know. No, I, I just think he writes them. Mm-hmm. But but I, I think that's what it is. I think it's a soulmate song. That's, yeah. what, that's what I've always kind of. That's, that's the way I would yeah. interpret it. Yes. And, and, and um um oh man I I am gonna go blank with names mm-hmm. um <laughs> who she is a woman that sings with a real high voice country singer more more bluegrass ah why am I going blank she sings real high but she sings that song if you look up I will I really? I, if you look up I will mm-hmm. she sings it as good as the Beatles do so um I guess we can go back to the conspiracy. Um, because, you know, we've kind of like, that's kind of what I wanted to do to the beginning of this is build up the Beatles, but I forgot that that's kind of easy the, to do. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's just so easy. Um, but yeah. And then kind of destroy it with our, our beloved little boy is dead. Um, <laughs> but a more, I, I don't know if it's a better twist or not, but, um, some say that he was replaced with a fairy baby. So. Gary Child. George Martin, that's his fairy's name. Yeah, so <laughs> so uh, there's a lot of um, like myth mythology. Is it mythology? What is it? Like um, there's they have like these weird little myths and stories back in that area, um, like in England and Ireland, where it's these little myth like oh England, England and Ireland especially. Yeah, in Scotland, they've got all these yeah. creatures. Yeah, and and whatever yeah. else. Yeah, yeah, and so some say that um, the fairies loved Paul, like he was their favorite beetle too. The furies. No, the fairies. They're the furies. The furies are fairies. The furies are the fairies. They're the people of music. Huh? Yeah, the furies. Uh-huh. It depends on your mythology. Oh, okay. Uh, because the furies are also representations of the fairies who are their power represents the magical power they have oh no no there's always a there's always if you get into greek mythology or any mythology there's always a negative on all these these these, that's why we know that these are real people they're changelings that's that's what they are so uh basically these little fairies steal um beloved children and replace them with some other creature and so um some are saying that Again, the the changelings loved Paul so much that they said we need him in our world, uh, and so they. I believe it. That's yeah, it. It's kind no, of that's, that's, that's yeah. It. yeah. It's like it was kind of frustrating. There's the one we needed. It was honestly down. frustrating getting through the whole Paul is dead thing because people say like, oh, it was um plastic surgery too. Like it wasn't just a. Um, MI five helped him do that. Yeah, a lookalike competition. It was plastic surgery, but we know 
plastic surgery was not that great in the day. And even if you did have M5. It's not that great now. People are being applied to. I know. Oh, God. It looks horrible. Yeah. 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 I, w- I would say it's yeah. scary and so if to you have do too much. Somebody sure. look that much like Paul would, would like it, it would have to be extremely secret government stuff that still has to come out, like as far as changing faces and changing voices and um and behaviors and whatnot. I mean, even then, he would have to come up with witty responses on the fly, like Paul did. You know, there was an LSU coach. Don't remember his name already. Mm-hmm. But several people thought I looked like him, and I said, "No, I don't. No, I don't." Mm-hmm. That freaking Scott Kellen took his head and stuck it on a picture that was clearly with me and Charlotte. And I thought it was me. Oh my God. So, <laughs> so you can't find lookalikes. Double gangers, they call them. Ladies it's and people that act like them too, though. That would be yeah. the tough part. And even if you did have some time to try to change them, like, um, it's just that, I don't know. It's just a stretch, but the changelings make sense to me. So, um, yeah, yeah was, no, no, that was the one, the best, Mm-hmm. Uh, that, that, that the underworld wanted it. Yeah, the underworld wanted him. And at this point, they have so much power. that, like, okay, why they would... They came and got Lennon, too. Huh? Yeah, yeah, exactly. That was later on. But they were saving him from Yoko Ono. Um, thank the Lord. Yeah, thank goodness. We're, we're very happy for John. I don't want him... Uh, full disclosure, I did not want him killed. But no, no, not at all. What was he... What is it, see you guys how good Beatles fans you are. What was his, his most popular single? I mean, oh, no, excuse me, solo. Most popular solo. I don't know. Imagine there's no. Oh, problem. yeah. Okay, that makes I, sense. Okay, I blocked that one out because Yoko was in the video. Anyway, I've never seen the video, so I'm not. Now make sure I don't watch it. Don't watch it. Don't, don't, James. So they saved John, and that was the thing, too, is that, okay, um, they were trying to cry out for help, but they can't speak out against the changelings, and you can't. You can't say that Paul is dead. So okay. that's, huh? You hit me with something. I've never heard of the changelings. Yeah, yeah. So that's what that's what the whole shapeshifters. Is, is they're trying to like. That's why. Um, whenever you look at the albums, they are really, especially that that first Sergeant Pepper that comes out. It's them crying out for help, but they literally can't say. So after. Sergeant Pepper, name them again. You're sure, you just got to look after discography. Yeah, yeah, I know. I've got uh, it. So after Sergeant Pepper, you've got Magical Mystery Tour. Now that one, that album's weird too, because what do you have? You have Paul kneeling beneath the three of them. They're all wearing the white, and he's wearing black. I don't think so. Hmm? What's after that? Okay, so that's that was a weird thing with Magical Mystery Tour. Then you have the white album. It is next. All right. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. Something happened right there. Mm-hmm. Something changed them from one type of a band to a complete another because that white album, there was nothing like that out mm-hmm. there in this world, and they changed everything. Now, but you still had, you still had. Now, now uh, there was only. Let me tell you what makes that one funny. Mm-hmm. There was a uh, Richard Starkey. There was a Ringo Starr song on there, and that's a you know he had to go two albums. See, the white album was two discs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, his was. I listen for your footsteps mm-hmm. coming up. The drive. I don't know that one. Well, that song. You know what he's singing about? What? He's singing about he's jealous of his girlfriend who didn't show up for their date. She's coming to get him. <laughs> she shows doesn't show up for his date. He's all mad, saying she's leaving him. She doesn't love him anymore. Mm-hmm. And it turns out she was in a really bad car wreck that burned her hair up. Mm-hmm. 
That's what that song's about. Oh my god, what a lovely tune! <laughs> I will jam out to that later. You yeah, could have okay. a, you know, I'm, I've always hated those courses where they study, you know, pop pop culture and stuff. But I really do believe you could, you could, you could study the White Album. Mm-hmm. You know, you could. You, all right, so you remember the, you remember another one's in there? The Summer End and Black Mine and Heels Out, Dakota there lives a young boy named Rocky I love Raccoon. That song. Yeah, Rocky yeah. Raccoon's one day That's a woman. Right. Rocky Raccoon has three names. Everybody in there has three names. Mm-hmm. Her, 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 her name was McGill, but she called herself Lil. But everyone knew her is Nancy. Oh, everybody had three words, three, three names. Interesting. In well, what's what's the point of it? You know, I'm not smart enough. I was, was going to say you nailed it. I think those guys were brilliant. Mm-hmm. And sometimes they were able to think deeper than I. It took me to really to have three of you, the two of you, to bounce it off of to understand Will. Mm-hmm. I will. Once once I started talking to you about it, yeah. then I was able to figure it out. Yeah. And that's exactly what that song is. I Will is about somebody looking for their soulmate. That's right. And, and, and yeah. if I've met you, you need to speak up clearer because mm-hmm. I'm missing you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's all that is. And it makes sense once you, we worked it out. Yeah. So, so I don't know. Maybe we need to talk about. Maybe that's what we need to do. Maybe we need instead of a conspiracy day, let's go through the white album and just like each of the songs. Like, okay, <laughs> that would be a departure. Yeah. Glass Onion would be a trip. Yes, yeah, yeah, it would. Um, Can you tell I've listened to the Beatles a little like bit, maybe a little too much, but I yeah, I think it was White Album that had some because I knew that the album didn't have any like art in it. But there was, um, again, there were some photos that like showed hands above John's head and stuff. Oh like no, that. no, you get inside the inside covers. Uh-huh. There was an insert. Go, it's at your house. Yeah. Pull the white cup and be careful with it. I think that is a yeah. That is very. A, if you have an original LP, it, it's original with the Apple cover. Oh yeah, God! Thing. It wasn't oh, capital. It wasn't capital. Oh, you need to anyway, preserve that in glass or something. When I tell you I was a Beatle fan, is no exaggeration. Not messing around. The uh, the, the the look at look at pull that out okay. and look at that. Mm-hmm. There's a, it, it's 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 candid photographs. Like you said, that's what's weird about about Abbey Road is that was definitely staged. Mm-hmm. That was that was. Oh yeah, yeah. Like it was weird because all of the other. Um, all of the other pictures that they have were clearly it, like there was one picture where uh, John's looking away. Um, Paul's kind of just looking at his feet. He was wearing sandals at the time. And they were like, oh, he wasn't always barefoot. He was wearing sandals. So like that, that gets rid of that theory that he was um, intentional. But they don't. They were clearly just not staged. They were just the boys walking back and forth a little bit. But their their legs weren't spread out. They were they had bent crooked legs, stuff like that. And um and it was walking back and forth. But the only one that you could tell it was intentionally taken was the the ultimate album cover. But um yeah. Now now again, this is one of those things that you almost have to be older to really understand. But I'm even willing to give up something to get something else. We mm-hmm. always have to make trade-offs. And digitizing music has been a good deal for us because mm-hmm. now we can get anything we want, anytime we want. You don't have to... There was a time if you wanted to order an album, like I wanted I wanted Ricky Lee Jones. And that call, I don't know if that you know about this. You couldn't get it. So I contacted, literally contacted, wrote a letter. You didn't have to email back. I wrote no. a letter. I want, I want this. This is before she was popular. Well, you've got that album, by the way. They, mm-hmm. they sent it to me and said, we'd like you to demo music. And so I've got stuff oh, in yeah. Sarah's house that like you wouldn't believe they sent to me. Mm-hmm. 
Yes. Oh, my God. There's going to be people at your house. Hey, listen. <laughs> they don't even have labels on. Mm-hmm. Good gravy. You're kidding me. <laughs> no. Do you know how much those are worth right now? Oh, my God. Yeah, I've got a, I've got a Ricky Lee Jones demo. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, as a comic book collector and a collector in general, uh, this is Did I just get rich? smashing me in the mm-hmm. face right now. I, I can't imagine what he's got. They've uh, never been played more than once. Oh, my God. Anyway, uh, sorry. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, I'm freaking out a little bit here. I would record them on a real reel and listen to them that way. Oh, man. So, so listen now. Here's the thing. Back then, it was the quality of the sound was everything. And you started seeing it getting better and better. Where you had to buy equipment where you could hear it. Mm-hmm. And I'll never forget when I slapped that Abbey Road on that and said, oh, my God, this recording is amazing. Yeah. The recording was amazing. It was sort of like, uh, uh, you know, another one that off the top's good was uh, Fleetwood Mac's Rumors. That thing mm-hmm. was recorded well. And, and the thing about these recordings off vinyl and why people have gone back to it a lot is because it's analog, not digital. It's analog, analog. We hear analog. Yeah. And it you get a richer sound. Yes. Yes. More notes, oh, no, more yeah. things. No more. Rush. You can feel it in your... Yeah. yeah, and that's back but, uh, in the day, you'd head on a record player and you had big speakers and it was fun. Yeah, but then, and I don't have that equipment anymore. I, even if I had it, I couldn't. That's why I won't play them. I don't want you to put, the, put them on. I don't want to play because I know, though, that the, 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 they don't have. Back then, you, you went and you bought a needle for your turntable that was specially for that. Wow. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And then, then, then back in the, you know, when you wanted to keep your records like, there's this dressing you could put on the vinyl so it wouldn't it would preserve the uh the grooves in the vinyl and you put it on there and it made it sound a lot better people out there ruining their vinyls by playing them backwards uh, yes it well does, no doesn't uh, ruin them but it's not good it, no no you know what john have an idea mm-hmm. we recorded it onto um and played it backwards that way See, that yeah we sense. took the yes. yeah we took the reel to reel and played it backwards yeah that makes sense yeah that that's how you do it but most people just push the turntable back, you know, kind of that's, yeah. and you know, that's kind of how hip hop started, you know, but yeah, I'm glad that Sarah and I share that. Uh-huh. I will say that because this, that was one of those things. I was such a big Beatles fan that I could talk about it all day. Mm-hmm. I mean, I could really mm-hmm. literally talk about the Beatles all day. And, and, and some of it has, if all it would have taken me was 10 minutes of preparation for me to know all the albums. Cause I, it, it almost, comes your, back your memory of the lyrics is impressive. Yeah. Yeah, like even though with a little bit you got it mixed up, that was still insane that you were able to get. Kind of, I mean, like, but if you if you like the music so much and you listen to it so much, that makes sense that you. And I songworm. Yeah, I, I, I'm a yeah, I'm a person songworm. Yeah. Like for instance, I, I recently memorized the words to a uh, Bonnie Rayet song, and I didn't want to, but yeah. it got stuck in my head and it wouldn't go away. See, but I'm like, um, and and I think that you got a glimpse of this the other day. Like I'm very similar uh, with with music where like that song the other day started and immediately I knew what it was. And yeah. Yeah. The, the first note. <laughs> yeah. They went, boom, it's you. Yeah. It was like, if, 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 if the song starts on that specific note, then I can tell you what it is. Um, well, yeah. You know that movie. You need to go on that game show where they did it. You know, they did that to me one time. I was pissed <laughs> Name off. that thing. I got put on one of those one time um, at a, at a, uh, what was it? Um, minor league baseball I game, right? This. Yes. Minor league baseball game. I don't listen to pop music. It was only pop music. Oh, okay. I was 
his you have to have a certain kind of music. Yeah, it was just, like, yeah, because I, um, I don't, yeah. If, if it's, yeah, if you start putting Barbara Streisand songs, I would. Uh-uh. Well, well, she's leaving the country soon. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but like I listened to a ton of music, but it was just like it was around the time they were playing really crappy, crappy pop music. It was just all of it sounded the same. Um, like we went through a really bad, uh, I guess, air, like era um, whenever I was in law school. I feel like it's just like a, a between um, undergrad and law school. Well, one time when I, far- I started getting to the Beatles. In high school, sometime late. I know because I, I commented to somebody I had not heard yesterday yet. Mm-hmm. I had already, I had, wow. already, well, I was starting to get into it and I yeah. went up to Mr. Broussard and I said, Well, I like the Beatles. And he goes, What did you like yesterday? And I went, I never heard of that one. I'm still, I'm a, I'm a I'm rookie. still going through I'm a rookie, but I mean, it, you, you could say it's probably since 75 or 76 I've been listening to the Beatles. Well, it, at some point, my mom starts going off. He's a communist and, you know, all that good Worship stuff. Worship Satan. And probably were. Yeah. And they do drugs. And I said, you, you really think I'm going to do drugs because somebody in another country is doing drugs? <laughs> you know, they're not going to do that. But one day I was in the car with my dad and something was playing, but it was being sung by Jack Jones. Mm-hmm. And I said, well, that's the Beatles. And he said, I never said I don't like the Beatles music. I just don't like them singing it. <laughs> <laughs> So anyway, he didn't he didn't think it was all communist. No, not all um, communist. No. Yeah, okay, uh, semi communist. It's kind of like um, who's that guy that has the horrible voice, but he's a really good poet too. Um, gosh, and everybody sings his songs. Bob Dylan. I oh, gotta, uh, can't stand how that guy sings. Um, but he did have my some good God, songs. the, the writing. Did. Yeah. Oh well, what did Willie Nelson say about Chris Christopherson? He said, the only person who's written more than you is Chris Gustafson. He goes, yeah, if he could sing, he'd be competition. Yep. Busted <laughs> in Baton Rouge. I think that's, yeah. Waiting for a train. I think Feeling about his fate is my jeans. It's, it's interesting <laughs> to have him existing out there because you think about how much music is written by other people. I know that some people don't like artists who don't make their own work, but you don't realize that there's different forms of art that's going into it. And so... It's incredible whenever you have somebody like the Beatles, who is the full well, they do the whole package. Yeah. They, yeah, yeah, the Carpenters never wrote a song. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And they, they, that, that's why the copyright on every song there's two. Mm-hmm. There's one for the performance and one for the song. Really? Mm-hmm. Um, um, all right, so you, it will give you an example of what she's talking about. There was a guy named Paul, short guy. Mm-hmm. He could not sing, and he wrote songs for Three Dog Night because he had to have somebody sing them. He, they, they couldn't write. He couldn't sing. What Sarah said is the Beatles could do both. Yeah. They yeah, could. singer-songwriters. Yeah. And, and all and four philosophy. of them. And, and philosophy. Yep. And all four of them. That's what's weird. Well, they threw out Starkey. Why? Huh? Not Starkey. Pete Best. Why'd they throw him out? That's Pete Best. He's but a Pete, drummer. Pete Best. The oh, he stuff. was. He was the drummer. And they threw him out at the last minute. Hmm. Right before they became big. And and I've always wondered. My mom said that that's because that um that because Ringo Starr made a deal with the devil. It's well, the, mama said, mama said that's the devil. It's the devil. <laughs> oh, wait, the music's said, from the devil. He was not a good enough drummer. Is that what they said? Ringo was the better drummer. There you go. Hmm. And you see, I, you know, I get this. I get this stuff. The guy who wasn't a drummer was the better drummer. Yeah, and I would listen to it. Now I will say this: that my guitar gently weeps. They none of the Beatles could play it. Mm-hmm. They had to get someone to come in and play that. Um, so John Lennon sounded kind of a douchebag, but whatever. We were pretty sick of Pete Best, too, because he was a lousy drummer, you know? He never improved, you know? 
and we were always going to dump him when we could find a decent drummer. Uh, you know what? I'm okay with that. Yeah, no, I agree with like especially with the improvement part. It's like we're we're trying to make it. We're all good. And yeah, they saw that he could Ringo could improve, whereas Pete Best was stuck in what he was going to do and never change. Yeah. All right. Well, look, we we're not really over because mm-hmm. you're gonna have to cut so much out. Today. Oh, baby. You betcha. There's going to be some cutting today. I almost wish that you could take the last half, put it first, and then put the, the I could conspiracy stuff because um, it, it would make more sense that way. Because Sarah's right, and, and and I do apologize to both of you. I came unprepared today, but I did try to make money for the farm. Oh yeah, that, that's, you you came in last night. I don't know which is more important, but um, I guess I'll just go ahead and forgive you because that's what us Catholics do. I didn't know you came in. After um, our CIA last night, that tells you I was in it. I was locked. Oh, yeah. I was locked in working. Um, sorry, I'm gonna go back to it really quickly because this is kind of a funny quote. Uh, McCartney was talking about the situation too, and he said the truth is we just kind of fell in love with Ringo's drumming. Ringo was in another band, and we had Pete, and we were working, and we used to see this other band. We said, God, that drummer's good. And one night Pete couldn't do it, and Ringo sat in for him, and we all just went gas because. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm sure he actually guessed. (laughs) Behind us was this powerhouse and this person who was like taking care of the job, and we went, "Oh dear." So I was like, "Like, oh crap, we need that drummer." I'm gonna say this: I'm glad that you guys did that for me Mm -hmm. because that's all I ever heard was he was no good, Mm -hmm. and I'm liking it. I'm going like, "Well, I like the sound of it. Doesn't that really matter some?" Yeah. You know, you may technically be a better drummer, but I. I, I think they they saw the genius in his drumming. Yeah. That was so unconventional and not how you did it. And that's what the Beatles needed. Like, they were not conventional people. They needed somebody who was oh. willing to go in there. Yeah. To, to go in there and, um, and, and you know, it's kind of like work with their strange sounds. There are certain musicians who change the sound forever. Elvis is one of those guys who changed performance and singing forever. Buddy Holly. Buddy Holly. You, you, he changed the way you do music forever. You've got, uh, you know, a, a recent, more recent Betty, Eddie Van Halen, as far as guitaring, uh, changed it. I think that there's these seminal people in music who change it and you can't go back. And everybody said, yeah, I've heard that before, but you don't understand. Jimi Hendrix was the first one to do that. No one was doing it. Mm-hmm. You know, so this is the Beatles. Uh, they call it pop music, but... It was so much more, and I just, it's hard to know if, you know, it's hard for Sarah to understand there's three channels on TV. It's hard for him to know there was, you always listen to radio when you were in the car all the time. It, it was a big, that was our media. That was our uh, Twitter or whatever you want to call it, our internet at the time. And so that media was, if you got in there, but how did we get still people recognize genius? And that's what the Beatles were. It didn't seem that way to like my parents or somebody like that. But once they listened to the music, they went, yeah, that's pretty good. You know, even though my dad said they were communists uh, all the time, but he my would dad. let us, he would let us listen to the Beatles. You know, it's, it's a, it's, there's something you said there. You know, the Beatles didn't stop. I think that's what made them keep going and made, made them so popular. You know, your, your pop music, by definition, it's over fairly quickly. Yeah. Important. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there was that, um, um, uh, well, it's all right now. Mm-hmm. Learn my lesson well. But remember he says in there, if memories are all I have, I'd rather drive a truck. 
And I, that, that's exactly what I think the Beatles did. They said, we don't want to just go back and say, oh, we were great. Back yeah. Then. I think they grew with their music. They grew with their age. And they, they experimented. Yeah. Some of it worked. Some of it didn't. You know that there was the story right before he got shot. Um, John Lennon? Yeah. Yes, John Lennon got shot. He, he did an interview. And I'll never forget. He said, Paul McCartney would try to come over and play the guitar with us to bring back the old times. And he said, I had this child that I was wanting to spend time with. I needed to spend time mm-hmm. with my son. And I had to tell him, Paul, at least while we're rearing rear his child, you're going to have to go. You know, if you want to come over and play with him, That's I'm good thing, with but that. Yeah, but, we're, but if you're over here, we're, we're like, it's the child that we're yeah, working with. This is, my, this is mm-hmm. my time with my child. And he sent him away. And I, and, and I never was as much of a John Lennon fan, I think. But I think in the end, you know, he was voting Republican, which is what happens when you get older and you get in that Dionysian stage. You go, well, they're taking all my money and they're, and they're not doing anything. Right? All they know how to do is kill people and break things. And so, but, I mean, that will be a T-shirt with, soon, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. And you think about with, uh, with John, too, like he, he found Linda and like that had settled down that farm or whatever for a little bit. Or Billy Shears. But yeah. Mm-hmm, uh, Billy, yeah, I'm sorry. Billy Shears. Um, the most adorable couple, Linda McCartney and Billy Shears. Um, <laughs> but anyway, but yeah, like, it, yeah, you could tell that that was, that was changing. Um, who they were. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The thing I remember about John Lennon in that final interview, he said he loved New York because he was anonymous. Oh, that's, that, that's, that's philosophy on that. If, if, if you ever want to hide, go to the city. Mm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, look. It ends up, I will say this, probably the worst start we've ever had on yes. a podcast other than when Big Jim smacked, got mad and stomped off. <laughs> other than that. Which one, we almost uh, did, Jay. That like, was rough. Yeah, that was a yeah. rough start. It was a start. rough start. So um, at least let, let them know, you know, you need to hang with this because you got to see the Wilkerson's argue a little bit. And well, they, I might actually <laughs> do the reverse thing you talked about. Yeah, just reverse <laughs> it. I could, um, I could sit and talk about them forever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I really could. Thank you guys for sharing that with me. You made a Friday a Friday good for me and brought back memories. And, and I am kind of crazy, kind of amazed that I remember the lyrics that well. You know, with you. what I really appreciated was like the fact that whenever we just started talking about the Beatles itself, like not Paul McCartney being dead, just the Beatles, it immediately lifted the mood. Yeah. It did. Mm-hmm. And, you know, think about that. That's what their effect is. Yeah. On everyone, if they really listen to their music, if they really know their music, and you know, it's it's getting people. You know, it's what with McCartney was getting some award at some, you know, uh, what was it? It was some kind of Grammys or something, and uh, the Lifetime Achievement, and, that, and you had all these kids on twi- Twitter at the time, Blue Twitter, uh, sitting there saying, "Who's Paul McCartney?" <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's true, but but I've never met somebody who's never heard of them. Wait, wait, wait. Ever. Okay, they know the Beatles. They might not know the Beatles' names. Yeah. Yeah, yeah they might not know that. And I will say that, that Glenn has made a point, too. You might not have heard of Linda Ronstadt, but you've heard her song. Yeah. You've met Ronstadt, yeah. but you've heard her song. Mm-hmm. And if they played just the Beatles' song, oh, yeah, I know that. Yeah. That's exactly what they I mean, say. again, it's kind of like you think about um, Mozart. That like the movie Amadeus, mm-hmm. where he's playing the music during confession, and he plays Mozart. The guy isn't like, oh yeah, that's Mozart. He says, oh, I love that. Like, I yeah, that I song. remember I that, that song. song. I didn't know you wrote that. Yeah, exactly. So he <laughs> right. didn't. Yeah, like he I knew the didn't. song, yeah. but he didn't know that it was Mozart. And I feel like that that's it's not like I know that that's not like a true story right there, but 
I feel like that that's like a general. That's a true fact yes. about mu- great music. Yeah. Well, yeah, that the, the only philosophy that, I, of course, I watch a movie. That's why I quote them. It has to have some good philosophy for me to enjoy it. Okay. Mm-hmm. And I didn't think very much that yesterday, the movie yesterday, it was a tribute to the Eagle Music, did that. I felt thought they failed. Yeah. With one exception. That Sheehan guy, what's his name? Ed Sheeran. Sheeran. Who is apparently very popular. I hate him. He, he's very popular and he's very prolific as a songwriter. Okay, but he they they have a scene where it's a scene where they make a competition where he writes Sharon writes Sharon. Yeah. he writes a song and then the main the you know the main actor has to write a song he does he does a long and winding road Sarah's least favorite song that's fine but it's still <laughs> but it's still 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 yeah. even my least favorite no matter what Sharon wrote he. He would not have been. That's the point. Sharon's willing to get up there and say it. I'm not the Beatles. Sharon, yeah. Sharon. Mm-hmm. I'm not the Beatles. That's basically yep. what he says. And what does he say? He's walking out. He said, um, um, I'm definitely Salieri. And you, and you, are, are you Mozart, you're Mozart, you Salieri. Mm-hmm. And they did that. Yeah. You're not. Don't compare yourself to them. Mm-hmm. Don't even try. Yeah. Yeah. Don't yeah. even try. It, it, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And, you know, if you look at their early films of them doing interviews, they look like little goofballs in little uniforms yeah. with strange haircuts and everything. But uh, they, the music stood on its own. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that's awesome, guys. Thank you so much. Uh, I, have, I have a question for Glenn, actually. Um, so if the changelings, if we could bribe them with anything to get our Paul McCartney back. There you go. What could you have done it with? Well, you'll need a few babies. Oh. No, I thought we were going to say some coffee. Well, <laughs> the one thing about the changelings. That might be the funniest thing you ever said. We need babies. What <laughs> uh, uh, the changelings might also take some PJ's coffee from Harden. <laughs> well, I'm just quoting the mythology, ladies and gentlemen. That's what the the fairies always want a baby or two. It's the funniest thing you have ever said in your whole life. <laughs> but a good substitute would be some delicious PJ's coffee from Haunton, Louisiana at the Haunton PJ's, ladies and gentlemen. I know that the pastries there would be a substitute for babies for the changelings. <laughs> I don't know what to say. Goodbye, guys. <laughs> <laughs>